Hey everyone, welcome to Movie Smiths. I'm Aaron Smith. And I'm Aaron Willingham. Yep, uh, there's my buddy. Um, sorry we missed our last episode. I had a case of the Taco Bell fuck your stomach up <laughs> destruction. Explosive diarrhea. Yeah, it wasn't just, yeah, it was, it was bad. <laughs> um... But yeah, apologies, apologies all around. Uh, we got some, uh, some. Uh, well, not really a lot of news. We watched a lot of stuff though. I got back into it and yeah. kind of dealing with, uh, you know, the pandy and everything like that, and um, kind of what I've been, what I've been thinking about it because it seems like I've just been complaining a lot. But we'll get into that. Um, yeah, just a slight bit of news. More people at the comedy store. That whole group, which I talked about. A little bit here and there, Chris D'Elia and all them and other people are coming out now saying that they were raped by Brian Callen, uh, who is another comedian who was actually supposed to have a show with uh, Chris uh, D'Elia on Netflix, which was a prank show. He's also on The Goldbergs and Schooled. Okay. He was on Mad TV and whatnot. But yeah, something else is coming out that um, – and these are – in fact, probably bigger allegations than the uh, Chris D'Elia thing. You know, the fact that someone is coming out and literally saying that he raped them, um, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. You know, the fact that some of these other people, you know, Chris came out with receipts regarding some of the people that were um, saying this stuff about him, which disproved some of that stuff, but there are still grooming allegations out there. So I don't know yeah. where this is, is going to go, but I'm kind of done over that whole fucking group other than, you know, Bobby Lee and Andrew Santino. I honestly, th this isn't the funniest of jokes, but this is one of those things where like, I thought that I could never hear anything worse than like all the grooming allegations stuff with Chris Adelia. But the fact that there apparently was a show where he was going to prank people, I feel like that's almost worse. Yeah, like a prank, like an Ashton Kutcher type hey, thing. Hey, everybody, guess what? You got punked, bro. You got punked. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's punked. <laughs> just just uh, hearing him say that ugh. in like his fucking podcast voices and ugh. shit. Yeah, his podcast is so hard for me to listen to. Uh, like, I listened to it in the past, and it's so hard for me. Because it's just like, dude, you're not really talking about anything. Not, I mean, granted, mo most podcasts talk about something. But, like, for the most part, I'm just like, he's just, like, stumbling through his desk being like, man, where are my notes at? I don't know where my notes are. I don't, I'll just, I'm just going to bullshit now. You know what You know what I feel weird about? And then just, like, talking about shit. Oh, yeah, here's my sponsor. And then, like, just moves on to it. I'm just like, man, this sucks. I will I will say that I was a fan. Uh, I do like some of the improv stuff. But, yeah, I do agree with you. Sometimes it was just I stopped listening to it because episodes were just becoming so uh, kind of ridiculous. Um, but there's, like, other people uh, that are coming out um, saying, you know, like it, – it, it's everyone that's in this Joe Rogan circle, it seems like his shit's coming out about him, even like Joey Diaz, but he owns it, I guess. He, you know, more or less these are stories that he's saying are, do they ring truth? No one's actually come out against Joey Diaz uh, saying that it, anything has been going on, but it kind of, you know, turns heads a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
I uh, finally did the deed and got HBO Max. Yeah. Um, it probably was the best decision I've ever made, ever, in my <laughs> life, even having children. Uh, you get so much. There is so much on there. And um, <clears throat> just a touch on this topic real quick before I get more into like the stuff I watched, because everything I watched was on uh, or off of HBO Max. Um, the, uh, the realization, you know, me saying how much I hate these certain things, these movies out here that nothing is good. <clears throat> it definitely brings like a negative, just a negativity to it. And I'm starting to realize that it's like, I feel alienated by music, by movies in general, that these things are not, you know, like I don't see a story that's for me. Um, and if I do, I don't want to get invested. So then I end up going to these stupid fucking YouTube videos with all the tea shit and watching all the dramas. Like what, why do I need to see this? Oh, you know, telling myself that, oh, well, these stories are more interesting than, you know, the, the film or TV that's out there. I'm like, that's not true. Mm -hmm. I'm like two steps away. Like I'm two channels away from watching you know keeping keeping up with the kardashians or whatever the oh. fuck it's called so there's a inherent desire to shut your brain off after you have been you have fatigue literally fatigue from the same tropes over and over and over again you're like you're like i already know how this one ends and i don't like it I think it has, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and what I kind of brought up with you, it's almost like a grieving process mm -hmm. because of everything that's going on in the world and, and whatnot. It's like the levels of, of grief, like if someone had died. And I'm trying to, um, right now I'm in the, uh, I, I can't honestly name the <laughs> the levels of grief. I will do that next time and kind of figure out where I'm at. But right now I think I'm at anger. Okay. Um and nowhere near acceptance, but some of the shit that's coming out, and I can honestly say that it's n these are all great stories. I'm not giving them a chance because I feel like they're not doing it for me. Well, there's other stories out there. Like it's just a matter of stopping and watching and, and stop watching the fucking trash. Mm -hmm. As soon as I did that, and around the same time got HBO Max. <laughs> um, things started changing i started well i started watching like uh because they have you know crunchyroll they have cartoon network they have turner classic movies on hbo max they have all the hbo stuff and mm -hmm. more um they're going to be getting their own shows they have the dc stuff which that was the studio the studio ghibli uh ghibli uh you know spirited away and uh, all the uh what is it uh miyazaki films like i watched uh, my neighbor Totoro, uh, Spirited Away. Um, uh, what was the other one I told you about? It it wasn't a uh, a Miyazaki film. I can't. Uh, po fuck. Basically, and I think I've brought it up before. A movie, cartoon movie about these raccoons that can change into people or change oh, yeah. into regular raccoons that have humongous balls. <laughs> And, you know, you rub their balls or whatever because it's good luck or something like that, something weird. But I was just watching a shit ton, a shit ton of movies and TV. Uh, the one thing that I was going to talk about or focus on real quick was the Harley Quinn series. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and this, so I found out about it or I knew about it beforehand when it was on the DC, uh, the DC network and whatnot. And, um, uh, come on. Cause I had it up. All I was doing was like looking up all the actors and actresses and isn't it basically like, uh, is it, I know that they made like that Harley Quinn ish movie this past winter. 20 times better. Okay, good. Nope, not even on the the same realm. I don't even consider that canon. Uh, This was, it is a cartoon. Uh, The voice voice of Harley Quinn is uh, Kaylee Cuco. Do you know who she is? That sounds real familiar. uh, uh, What is it? Big Bang. (sighs) Big Bang Theory. Um, She was like the the lead uh, lady on that. Lake Bell. Uh, who's an v- extremely talented actress. Uh, you also have Alan Tudyk, who does a lot of the voices for it. Um, the person that, like, even Jason Alexander, Christopher Maloney, J.B. Smoove from uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Jim Rash, who's on Community as uh, Dean Pelton. Um, but the one that I thought shined the most was Ron Funches. Uh, who plays King Shark, okay. like a massively muscular shark who has like, if you've ever heard Ron Funch's voice, it is perfect. Okay. It is just like his voice uh, has like a little bit of a lisp and is a little bit high pitched um, and uh, not like crazy. I'm not giving him shit for his voice. His voice was made for this King Shark. And it's just joke after joke after joke. It's absolutely fucking hilarious. Okay. And I recommend it. Oh yeah, I know uh, so much. Um, my whole thing is, is that like I had decided to just sit down and watch the first, you know, one or two episodes, um, and then I watched one episode, and then I watched like the best of King Shark because I hadn't gotten to the part where uh, King Shark was was in it. And uh, I don't know. I just think that character is absolutely hilarious. Um, and then I watched Doom Patrol, or finished the first season, and uh, the second season I believe is out, and that's going to be an HBO Max show now. Okay. So a lot of the DC properties went over there. The only thing you know, like you don't have um, Swamp Thing, I believe, is not on there. Yeah, they you have had, a lot of. They had uh, basically issues with the uh, state of Louisiana when they were filming. Yeah, tax Actors. issues. But yeah, tax I, I issues. just figured that uh, HBO Max was going to take that property as well. Because um, I don't even know if the DC uh, thing is still on, like the, the streaming service. I I honestly, I did not watch it in uh, ethically. I watched it <laughs> in uh, one of those like free apps. That's the oh, only okay. thing that I ever saw on it. But... I never got to actually check out their their full app or their full streaming service. Just like I mean, well, not just like, but like how you're talking about how amazing HBO Max is. We technically have it, but we have it through Hulu, so I don't get mm-hmm. that experience of being like, "This is just straight HBO." I have to go and search, you know, for certain things and be like, "Oh, okay, this is on HBO." Like, there's certain shows that I know are HBO only shows, but I'm gonna go and see if uh, they got Doom Patrol and stuff like that on there. Nice. Well, like I, I've had my uh, my parental unit, my mother living with us for the past year. 
um, to kind of help her get our, uh, get her on her feet. She's still not there, but I was more or less like, well, it's time to move on. Made sure she, uh, I'm not putting her out on the street, made sure she had a place to live and everything, but it was, if you're not going to, you know, um, contribute actually, you know what, real quick, I just want to, Hey mom. <laughs> okay just making sure um well it's i have a tiny ass house yeah and i have five you know sometimes five people living here at once yeah. when my kids are here uh so i decided to get hbo max in order to watch you know i'll be gone in the dark i wanted to make sure i finished that um which uh well tonight we record this on sundays normally the finale is tonight um so if you've been watching it i think it's five episodes so far uh it just gets better and better and better um but doom patrol doom patrol is fucking fantastic uh brendan frazier uh his character is uh is funny as hell i can't remember the fucking character's name um alan tudyk is in it too which alan tudyk does a lot of stuff for dc and the guy is such a talented voice actor um, but just actor in general using like Firefly and, uh, he did the voice of the, um, battle. I, I don't know. It wasn't a battle droid, but like a, um, uh, some type of Imperial battle droid in uh, rogue one. Yeah. That was the, you know, friends with, uh, the rebels. K two S O. Yep. I would yep. never have known that. Yeah. I just looked it up. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> literally in my head, I was like, oh yeah, the robot from uh, rogue one. <laughs> And then, uh, let's see, what else? Oh, he's, he's been in like everything. He's oh, one yeah. of those. He's, he's one of those actors that like have has done random little things with Elijah Wood to voice acting, to like major motion pictures. Like I remember seeing him in um, a Knight's Tale probably for the first time. Yep, um, with Shannon Sossman, so hot. And um, he was in like uh, what is it, Twenty Eight Days. Uh, I remember seeing that like when I was a ki- with a when I was a kid, whatever in the nineties. Uh, what is it? Where that uh, she was in Speed. I can't think of her name right now. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock basically has to go through recovery, and he's oh, one of the, yep. the funny characters in it. Like yeah, he's, he's, he's a German just been, guy. Yes, he's just been in everything for forever. You know, kind of a thing, and he he's never a lead role. Never ever. He just kind of plays the the side funny guy, but yeah, always a supporting character. Actually, that is, he is uh, Clayface in the Harley Quinn animated series, yeah. Um, and a couple other. I think he plays the Joker, but in uh, oh. the Harley Quinn animated series, Clayface character is okay, basically yeah. a struggling actor, <laughs> which I thought was absolutely hilarious. It's like he could be whoever he wants, and it's like it. Uh, one of the things that he does, like when they're going through the Legion of Doom, they ask for their weapons. Harley gives them a bat. He gives them a book on acting. <laughs> and he's like, well, uh, or the guy asks, like, this isn't a weapon. And is like, well, talk to me once you've been acted to death. And just smiles at him and walks <laughs> away. And I'm like, holy fuck. Like every single, almost every single thing in that in that show is a f- just hilarious, hilarious joke. And even Poison Eye, like... You're seeing these characters like you've never seen them before. And I appreciate it because they did it right. Absolutely hilarious. If they did it any other way, it just made it like a simple, like gory Harley Quinn type thing. Cause there's, yeah. you know, there's swearing in it and whatnot. If they did it any other way, it wouldn't have worked. The comedy had to be there. And 
uh, DC definitely made a great choice on this. Same thing with Doom Patrol. Uh, Doom Patrol has the comedy, the action, the gore. It's just the right amount of everything. And kind of, you know, made me feel good this week watching that stuff. And then I watched Perry Mason, the third episode, <laughs> which I guess you got farther on it than I did. Oh, yeah. Uh, you've been talking about it, and you've been talking about it with a voice that has been... Uh, not impressed to say the least for the last, you know, couple episodes. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch this and check it out for myself. Um, cause I just, I, you know, maybe there's something I can, you know, add to it. But honestly, as far as a LA noir, whatever style show, whatever, I think they're doing a good job. Um, it's not great by any means, but I will say, uh, with that HBO budget and everything, the, huge flashback scenes to like world war one where he's like running in the trenches and they've yep. had all out battle. Those are, those are really impressive for basically a TV show. Yeah. The production, uh, the actual production quality is fantastic. And oh, yeah. I was going to actually say with this third episode, I got, I got into it. Um, I, you know, lately what I've been doing is, is putting my phone in a lock box so I can't get to it. And just focusing on on the film because, you know, some people I know myself lately, all I've been doing is going to my phone and watching dumbass fucking videos. What you doing over there, bud? <laughs> you on your phone? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking up uh, s- certain people's names. See, audience? See? No. See what I'm talking about? This he is put his phone in a fucking lockbox. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't that bad. Um, the one... I can't remember his name. The the bad white cop, which, you know, is kind of the Russian obligatory dude? statement. Um the Detective Ennis, the Russian th- dude. I'm sorry, what was that? The Russian dude. The Russian dude? Yeah, like Detective Ennis in the show. Who's he's the Russian guy who's like killing everyone in it in the show. Oh yeah. Yep. But he's um uh what is it? he plays a Russian character in uh fucking the watchman tv yep. show yep. yep he was in there like i think he's actually a like his name he's is russian. andrew howard but like he i think he actually is russian because he pretty oh. much always plays a, a russian? russian dude in like every movie that he's in so he's typecasted well i know but, he's, um, he's he's in the lapd in this or, or yeah. right yeah he's a, yeah he's he's a detective but, but he's just russian He's just like that's just kind of his accent. He's trying to they're trying to make it play like he's got some like New York style accent or something like that. Oh, whatever. Okay. But like he's like a he, it's it's funny that they chose him because he's typecasted as a bad dude and everything that he's in. They're like, all right, we need a dude who looks like a bad dude, you know, yeah. kind of a thing. So you're the guy. But in all reality, it's one of those things where it's like uh, just it's same old story stuff. They could have replaced him with pretty much anybody else and it'd still be fine. But yeah. Uh, honestly, who I I shouldn't be surprised by any by any means, but I think the people who have done the best in this show so far, uh, John Lithgow, yeah, John Lithgow, like has done an amazing job in this show. Um, you're on episode three, so uh, I'm kind of just know. getting into the Lithgow. Yeah, you're you're getting into him kind of doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like. Uh, Jedediah Jank, who's, uh, he was inside wrist cutters. He's been in a bunch of other stuff. Like he's playing the, 
Uh, what he's basically Perry Mason's sidekick when he's like investigating everything. Yep. Um, like I feel like he's doing a good. He's just playing himself, <laughs> like in everything that he's doing. Yeah. But uh, what's his fucking name? Milton. Um. I can't find his IMDb right now, but the what is it? Def- the district attorney who mm-hmm. is uh oh yeah uh, Stephen Root. Um. He's who's literally been in everything from, you know, office space all the way up to uh, he was recently in that HBO series. Uh, what is it? Or what's his name from Saturday Night Live kills people? Oh, Barry. Um, but he yep. plays he plays various roles all over the place. He was in Dodgeball. He's been in Barry. He's been voice acting and stuff all over the place. But him playing a. Weasley Detective, I think he's giving probably one of the best roles I've ever... Like, his acting is probably the best in this that I've ever seen him play in. He's a detective? I thought no, he was he's a lawyer. A, he, I said he's a... He is the district attorney. Oh, So okay. his his uh, his acting is the best, I think, I've seen in this than anything I've, he's ever been in. Yep, I saw, uh, what is it, uh, episode three, and I was like, holy shit, okay. They are really, like, as much as it's about Perry Mason and as much as it's about uh, Matthew Reese's character or whatever, it's one of those things where, like, those are the dudes who are the heavyweights who Mm -hmm. are, like, holding this together. Like, Matthew Reese is just kind of, like, playing the same role that he played in The Americans so far. But, like, he's just, like... I get drunk and I get mad and I, you know, I, I just want to do what's right, you know, kind of a thing, but yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, yeah. Definitely. The, the supporting cast plays a much bigger role in this yeah. than he does. I think, I think they're the ones that kind of bring this together, which not to say he's not talented. It's just, he's kind of deadpan yeah. for a lot of it, which I think was, the issue for me, because it focused all in the first and second episode, it focused more on him than yeah. the supporting characters. And now it's kind of like it's an ensemble cast, which yes. I think, you know, but, in the original Perry Mason, it wasn't. You know, it was, uh, I don't know. I, did, I never watched the original Perry Mason. I, I actually, did. Yeah. yeah, I did watch some of the like episodes and more or less it's focused on him. Some people play a part in it, you know, yeah. the the per, uh, the person that he's capturing. It's similar to a um uh I was going to say CSI David Carradine. Gotcha. Where it's like a lot of focus is on him on that show and then they just I I think at least for me David Carradine was the the focus on that show. Yeah. He's the dude, but everybody else, you know, like helps him on his way. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I like I said, I've never seen the original Perry Mason, but I was like thinking about it and I was like, wait, I bet, I bet there's some Easter eggs in here that I didn't know about from the original Perry Mason. And I was going through and I was uh, looking at the, just the IMDb, whatever cast of the original Perry Mason and uh, like Della Street, that's, she's in the original Perry Mason. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to say the Holcomb, yeah, the uh, uh, original detective, whatever, he's inside of uh, Perry Mason from like the 60s or whatever, um, too, his character. Who do you so think? There's, there's a couple Easter eggs. Yeah, I was going to say, who are those Easter eggs for? Because I didn't fucking know any of that shit. Well, Is it for the 60 year olds that don't even, it's like, well, it's, it's not Easter. What's an Easter egg? 
Well, what those Easter eggs would be for would be for those of us who are adults now who watched Perry Mason with their grandparents when they were kids uh, and somehow retained that information. I wouldn't have I mean, that shit. I, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't either, but, or maybe even, you know, let's, let's say my parents who probably watched it with their parents when they were a kid and they were like, Oh my God, that's Miss Street or whatever, you know? So I don't know. It's Perry. I mean, the whole show in the first place is basically a callback to a different time. Yeah. So like, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to revamp something that isn't, you know, because we're running out of ideas and we're running out of things to revamp. So let's go all the way back and we'll make it into a TV show. But and not not to say like with uh, my anger and negativity towards these things, it's still true. Like yeah. there really are no original ideas left yeah. and they're struggling to find shit. So they're revamping whatever they can. Yep. And uh, you're going to see, especially with everything that's going on. Well, New York. Okay, that was some news. New York reopened. You sent me yep. that article. Reopened for uh, production and whatnot. And then Bro, they also... And, and you totally forgot about The Matrix. Oh, yeah. No, The Matrix 4. But were they <laughs> shooting that in New York? Uh, I just, One of the places. I mean, realistically, that's where they shot the original Matrix at. Mm-hmm. So it would just make sense. Because it... The... Matrix world in general, I always got the vibe as a kid that it was New York City. Oh, I just, well, like shooting wise, I don't think a lot of that stuff wasn't shot on location. A lot of that stuff was shot in studio. Yeah. But the the city that it takes yeah. place in uh, very well could have been New York, but I just, they never said anything. So I never got that feel. I never got, yeah. you know, what is it? The, the buildings and the landscape. I kind of always figured it was uh, whatever city, more yeah. or less, which I... You know, looking back, actually, I think you're right. I think there's a shot of the. When did that come out? Yeah, it was before uh, 9/11. Yeah, pre uh, Two Towers. Yep, because the pre Two Towers Bush. were there in the the scene where, um, uh, what is it? Uh, Morpheus is showing him what Earth looks like. Yeah. At the time, and there's the Two Towers, which, you know, we all know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But uh, no, I, honestly, I I think it's great that uh, they are in a state in New York that they could reopen and start doing that. Obviously, other states aren't in a uh, positive form right now. Not California being one is uh, pretty rough right now. Um, but like, it's not like anybody's gonna be hopping to go uh, film in Florida right now. Yeah, like, I just, ugh. I don't know. I got, I got, I got like. It just goes back to, you know, people not... I don't understand how people are going to fucking bars or restaurants right now. I'm sorry. No. Nope. I just don't see it. There was actually an article that I read that was talking about uh, coronavirus fatigue, mm-hmm. where they were talking about how um, there are people who are actually, like, sort of, like, shell-shocked in a way by it to the point where, like, it's not real anymore just because they have been pounded with all this coronavirus information for so long that uh, especially the people who like us who have been extra careful, you yeah. know, kind of a thing, being like, how how the fuck do these people do this shit? What the fuck? Like, how are they alive? But like, it's one of those things where uh, they're talking about how there's actually a certain level of psychosis of like the fatigue of feeling like you're sharing a burden and everybody else is just ignoring it, and you're still sharing the burden of their irresponsibility. And uh, they're they're talking about how it's like a whole thing on top of everything else that's going on right now. Yeah, 
Oh, fuck this shit. Yep, fuck this shit. But hey, Matrix Four. I mean, we need that, right? I mean, that's well, when that's the fuck something is it coming out. That's, that's something that America needs. We need, uh, you know, a whole new revamp of a series that we loved when we were younger to make to remind us that of a better time. Because you know, when the Matrix came out, everything was better. I mean, gas prices skyrocketed to over five dollars. Uh, cigarettes went up to seven dollars a pack from like two fifty. Uh, what is it? Uh, we invaded countries, bombed the fuck out of innocent people. Like, it was such a better time back then. <laughs> it's sad that that was better than now. Well, I think we were just hidden from a lot of it because, uh, what well, we were growing up then, and then looking back, yeah. it's just fuck, man. Well, it already, it all led to this point. Um, okay, uh, just real quick, too, to get off topic. Have you heard that there is more evidence that COVID-19 came out of a lab? Uh, I have been seeing so many things like that for so long that it's hard for me to take any of that seriously. Uh, I guess because the question hasn't been answered to, uh, uh, Fauci or I'm Fauci. assuming has it Fauci. Yep. Uh, it's all right. Uh, you can give me that one. I gave you, uh, Del- what is it? Delia? Delia? Isn't that you, how you, you never, say it? You never say his name right. Oh yeah. Well, I don't really care about him. <laughs> what is it like that Ron Swanson thing? I often call people by their names wrong, so that, so that they know that I don't really care about them. Oh, okay. Such a badass, Aaron. Um, Man's got a good beard. <sighs> wait, who? Ron Swanson. Oh, wait, not in the show. He's got Ron a Swanson, but uh, Nick Offerman. He's got a great beard. Oh yeah, no, Nick yeah. Offerman does, but Ron Swanson doesn't. Get off your high horse, bitch. You are absolutely right. Um, Yeah, sorry to get off topic, but I keep hearing that shit over and over again, and I'm like, I don't really know how to take it. Um, And I don't know. Just something I I thought I'd throw out there as a curveball. Get us off the topic of movies. You know what this podcast is about over and over again. Totally Uh, relevant. Yeah. Um, So what did you watch? Uh, Chelsea and I had the... uh, the immense luxury, I don't know if it's luxury, but we uh, we got our chance to see a movie, not at home, and that was great. Was this um, a drive-in or a movie yeah, theater? Yeah, drive-in. Drive-in, so okay. So currently right now, if you think about it, I can just, I'm just picturing, like if anybody's ever been to a drive-in, they've probably known that Drive-ins haven't been doing good for a very long time. Yep. And there's probably this one sole proprietor who's left. He's been kind of running everything with a, you know, just a really estranged crew of like young teenagers, you know, for just ever. And I just, I love the fact that there was in my head, I'm picturing this scene where there's this, this old man who's just like, I told you, honey, our day has come. (laughs) Just, it's finally our time to shine. Oh, God. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, the, we went to the Ford Wyoming Theater that's in Dearborn. And, uh, we, I went and looked to see if there's other drive-ins, you know, kind of around. And, uh, Imagine Theater Mm -hmm. is a big theater, uh, uh, chain around here. And I saw that they're apparently doing drive-ins in Novi as well. But their drive-in situation is they're projecting on the side wall yeah. of their movie theater. Um, 
which works. That's fine. If your side of your wall is white, that totally works. Um, their biggest thing was just, I guess, figuring out how to make it so that everybody could hear the the movie. Uh, so at the Ford Theater, they do everything through the radio. They used to do things with like little boxes, um, you know, like little speaker boxes, which were fucking awful. And but the uh, they're doing everything through the radio. It's just radio signal kind of a thing. So they're doing it kind of old school like that, which I fucking love. But um, the difference between like the Ford Theater and the Novi Imagine one, because that's the only one I know of so far that's actually doing the drive-in. Um, I, obviously, it's mm-hmm. based on their parking lot, whether they're a solitary, you know, spot or not. But uh, the Novi Theater, the Imagine one, they're only doing one movie a night, and every night it changes. Mm-hmm. So they're not doing; they don't really have new movies to jump on. Um, so, like last, not this, yeah, like last weekend or the weekend before, they uh, they showed Jurassic Park nice. on the side, and I was like. That fucking rules. I want to see this. So I go to buy a ticket, and it was, like, sold out. And I'm guessing it was sold out for a long time. But the other movies they were playing, they're just kind of random all over the place movies. Like Double feature, though, right? No. It was just the one movie, uh, Jurassic Park, and only the one showing. Well, other movies. I guess my question, other movies are doing double features, right? Uh, Ford Theater was doing double features, and because they're, they're a actual drive drive-in theater that's the way it should but be they were do yes they're doing double features and they actually have i want to say four or five different screenings uh for movies mm-hmm. so the one that we went to was the hunt and uh invisible man okay. uh the hunt was uh uh, I'm sure people heard about this movie a while back, but it was one of those movies that was supposed to be released like a summer ago or the summer before that, and it kept getting delayed because, sadly, it kept getting delayed because there kept being, like, mass shootings in America. Yeah, you were like, telling me about that. It was like, it's like every time they go to release it, there was some other mass shooting, and they're like, all right, we need to wait. Because the basic concept of the film is basically... uh a bunch of, let's say, quote-unquote, right-leaning people uh, wake up in the middle of this field, and they end up uh, basically being hunted by these, like, liberal elitists. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, it, the cast was kind of funny. Like, pretty much the biggest name on the cast was Hillary Swank. But I didn't even know she was in the movie until later, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. I know uh, Betty Gilpin is yep. in it. Um, well, that was probably the best part about this movie per se is because, like, they show Betty Gilpin in the first place, but they don't really put it out there that she is the main, you know, like, hero or whatever of the yeah. show. The main one, you know, the, you know, the, like, you can pretty much tell right away who's going to do it who's going to survive this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had, like, actors like... Glenn um, Howerton's in it. Yep. Um, they had uh, Ethan Suple, whatever, who was from uh, American History X. He was in Boy Meets World. He was... Uh, My name is Earl. He was in it. Emma Roberts was the first person that they showed. And she was, like, wearing... Basically, like, she's going for a jog, you know, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, she had... Um, 
yoga pants, and I think they actually call her yoga pants inside the <laughs> the uh, credits. But uh, she's like wearing like one of those puffy vests and looks like she's just going on a walk down the street kind of a thing. But um, uh, they originally show her. They show Ethan Souple. They end up showing um, Ike Barinholtz. And uh, who's from like Mad TV, and he's been in like um, the Neighbors and Knocked Up, and like all these, uh, all these like basic comedy, like you know, things for the last like you know twenty years. Yeah. But the whole time you keep thinking like, okay, I recognize that actor, so he's gonna make it. Nope. Okay, I recognize <laughs> this actor, so he's gonna make it. Nope. Um, Shit, even, uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, you were saying Glenn Howerton, whatever, from um, It's Always Sunny. He's in it, but he's one of the uh, uh, liberal elites or whatever. Oh, really? But, yeah, he's just he's just, uh, he's just a fucking asshole like he always is, you know, kind of a thing. But, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, all in all, I would say that it's kind of a fun time. Like, just kind of seeing how it all goes. There's plenty of action. There's plenty of, like, you know, what the fuckery all over the place. Mm-hmm. But in all reality, they called it uh, Mannergate. Um, so basically, somebody ends up, a, a text chain gets leaked where they were joking about, uh, like, um, uh, Hillary Swank and uh, her, like, friend group, whatever, who were the liberal elites in this whole situation. They have like this text chain that they are, it's like, yeah, we should totally go do this <laughs> kind of a thing as a joke. And all of them end up losing their job as a result of it. Um, they were just like, it was a fucking joke. This isn't fucking real, you know, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And inevitably, inevitably, their lives get destroyed by a joke. Um, and as a result, it's basically this whole cause and effect, which I'll end up bringing up later when we talk about uh, Umbre- uh, Umbrella Fa- uh, Academy or whatever. But there's this whole storyline that's basically like, this wouldn't have happened. The whole Manor Gate, the whole fucking movie, nothing would have happened if it wasn't for the fact of a bunch of like right-wing people, whatever, freaking out about this leaked text message chain, whatever, um, which inevitably made it into reality so these liberal elites end up figuring out all these people who commented on this thing and started spreading these fucking you know rumors all over the place and they were like those are the people we're gonna get uh, ethan souple whatever is a a right-wing podcast dude whatever who's just a conspiracy theorist guy and like all the other people whatever that are on the uh uh in this hunt are all people who are basically just you know conspiracy theorists who are right-leaning, who are those people that would, you know, spread the pandemic and talk about it as being fact. Uh, mm-hmm. People who would spread all the, um, what's your fucking face from uh, that Breitbart video that came out this past week, you know, saying that, uh, you know, demons uh, can rape you in your sleep, but and at the same time that, you know, hydrochloroquine, whatever, is the cure and we need to be using it. It's just... Those people who just just attach themselves to these kind of conspiracy theories end up being the victims inside this movie. And uh, sounds like you're siding with uh, <clears throat> the left ultra no, I'm just, elites. I'm just uh, I'm just pointing out that there is a uh, just to give people an idea of what they could relate to character wise. 
all in all, I'd give this movie a three out of ten. Um, not great, but uh, it was nice seeing the movie in the theater. Invisible Man, uh, same basic concepts of any other Invisible Man film. Only the interesting take on this one is the fact that uh, it was more about a toxic relationship than anything. Well, you could say that about the Kevin Bacon one, too. True, but like this was more... Like Kevin Bacon wasn't necessarily he wasn't terrorizing his to start ex. off with. Yeah, this guy's like Elizabeth Moss's husband or fiance or something or whatever in it. It's just like a huge fucking psycho that controls everyone around him, and like she escapes him, and then a couple weeks later, while she's still in fear for her life because she's like he's still gonna come for me, mm-hmm. uh, she ends up finding out that he took his own life. And then she basically inherits this money from the will, whatever, after he took his own life. And then he's still showing up to, you know, terrorize her after, you know, after the grave. But Mm -hmm. uh, they kind of go more in like the like sci-fi suit kind of way than necessarily it actually changed the DNA of the Invisible Man. So the suit basically just has a million cameras that just can change, uh, you know, your surroundings basically cloaking technology that they've used in like every, well, star Trek and fucking even uh agents of shield, you know, kind of shit, whatever. Like it's just, it's, that's what the, they would use to cloak the Zephyr, you know, and all that. But, mm-hmm. um, all in all, uh, I'd give it a six. Um, it was, a uh, it was a good, like little psychological ride. And there was a, uh, a really good scene where Elizabeth Moss ends up getting attacked from him from the first time. And, it's uh I mean it's obviously all done in the green screen, but it's one of those things where like she gets picked up like sort of ghost style, whatever, and thrown around the fucking room. And you're like, she did she did a good job of being strung up and thrown around a room with basically a um uh whatever, you know, like a pulley system, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. And like she did I honestly I think she did a great job of that. But Elizabeth Moss, she's been in fucking a ton of things and she does a great job in just about everything she's in. Yeah, she's super talented. Interesting interesting fact. I went to go I creeped her uh, IMDb, you know, prepping for this and I didn't know this but she was in uh Girl Interrupted. Really? Yeah. Like I was like, "What? I don't remember her." So now I kind of want to go back and double check Girl Interrupted to see if she was just like a little side character, whatever. First time I ever saw her was inside of uh, Mad Men. Yeah, I think that's actually the first time that I I had seen her was in Mad Men, and I was like, oh, yeah, she's pretty good. Uh, And then other movies, you know, um, and then uh, Handmaid's Tale. Yes, she does a great job in Handmaid's Tale. But uh, I ended up watching uh, this movie called Villains with uh, Bill Skarsgård and uh, Mako Monroe. And it's uh, actually, it's a great time. Really great time. Um, basically, uh, Skarsgård and Monroe play a young couple who are kind of like um, just running from gas station to gas station kind of a thing, trying to make their way down to Florida, you know, stealing, you know, from all these gas stations. So they're, you know, your whole, uh, you know, Bonnie and Clyde kind of a thing or whatever. And uh, they... Uh, end up running out of gas and go to break into this house to try to, you know, steal gas for, or something like that, whatever. And uh, 
they go down in the basement to try to find a gas can and they find a little girl chained up and oh, uh they're just kind of like oh shit like yeah no we gotta we gotta rescue this girl so basically it's one of those like they walked into the wrong house you know kind of a thing mm-hmm. and then uh the uh parents or the, the husband and wife that live there is uh jeffrey donovan he was in like Burn Notice and Cesario and stuff like that. Yeah. And Kira Sedgwick, who was in Gamer, Closer, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. She's been in... Uh, she was in Phenomena, which is super wild. Um, but uh, they basically play this uh, kind of crazy couple who have a little girl chained up in their basement. And uh, it's... It literally... It's one of those things where it's... It's like a little indie film, you know, kind of a thing, whatever. It was shot really well very very small cast and uh lots of crazy shit happens where you know they're uh Skarsgård and Monroe are trying to escape uh-huh. and uh it's a good time i i give it about a a 7 uh, yeah i'll give it about a 7 or an 8 nice um definitely worth it all right all right yeah i don't i don't like to put numbers on the things that i watch i either i take them in organically like a uh Tomato, tomato, uh, <coughs> tomato, basil, uh, <laughs> tomato, basil, mozzarella sandwich. Um, and uh, I mean, that does sound delicious, but I don't understand what that has to do I, with it's uh, just, uh, you know, it's how I do things, bud. I just can't, I can't put labels on things. I just can't. <laughs> I, what still irks me is the fact that you were okay with these uh, redneck people dying by liberal elites. <laughs> no, I never said I was okay with it. Um, I was just giving you examples. Let's go that through was the definitely... notes. Let's go through the here. I'm 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 going through the notes right now. Okay. As I'm I'm speaking to you, yes, I want to see right wingers die by liberal elites. Aaron Willingham. Definitely not what's in my notes. So I don't know, but I don't use paper notes. Well, I'm looking at your notes. notes right now, and it's just a picture of a big <laughs> rocket ship. <laughs> that's a phallic symbol uh, oh okay yes yes it's a penis and it's pointed to my face and okay <laughs> uh another movie that i watched that i am totally fucking stoked on and like completely it's it's one of those things where it's i like watching films that are not made in the united states who have actors that i don't really know who they are and they turn out fucking awesome mm-hmm. um i recognized this movie is called sea fever and uh, the the only actors that I really know from it was uh, Duggery Scott. He's one of those actors who always played kind of like the the Scottish dude. From he was in Mission Impossible Two. He's been in like Ever After, Deep Impact, shit like that. Okay. Um, Connie Nielsen, who was in uh, Gladiator, uh, she was uh, Phoenix's. Uh, sister but he was trying to wifey her up whatever in gladiator if you remember her she was recently in wonder woman and the hunted yep. and, you know some other stuff um and uh olwyn fiore who was the old lady from mandy the kind of the creepy old lady who was in the cult in mandy who was like oh shot yeah. uh, yep. mandy up with like the the hornet and all that shit those are the only actors and actresses in this movie that I know. But to be fair, there's only like eight people in the entire movie. But um, this definitely like hits my like sci-fi horror, um, you know, kind of a thing because they basically, the main, the main character is a microbiologist who has to go for her doctorate 
out to sea and just get some samples and take some photos and like you know uh, swim in the ocean for a second. That's literally all she's got to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, they end up going into this zone that is a um, basically. The Coast Guard's just like, uh, there's an exclusionary zone. Don't go in there. And they were like, oh, why? They're like, oh, because there's like baby whales and stuff. And it's like, okay, we won't go in there. Oh, well, that's where the fish are supposed to go. So we're going to go there anyways. And it's one of those things where um, uh, they get out there. They're in the exclusionary zone. And all of a sudden, they get stopped, like straight in their tracks. Like enough to like stop the engine of this big ass fishing boat and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh it was super funny to me because basically they're like in the bottom of the boat. They're like, "Oh, this is weird. Look, what is this?" And they're like looking at the side of the boat and there's these little circles that are kind of like looking where this boat is like getting melty. Getting and melty. <laughs> getting melty. And, like, literally the captain of the shift, who was that um, Douglas dude or whatever, uh, and this microbiologist and everything, I don't understand why. I, I really don't understand why, but, like, the circles get a little melty, and you see that, like, the paint and everything's falling off, and then they, like, stick their fingers in, and they're, like, removing, like, the paint, and they're seeing all this stuff over there. And all I could think of was in Aliens, where they were just, like... Looks like some sort of secreted resin. Yeah. But secreted from what? Nobody touched nothing. Like, that's literally it. I was, like, no, like, literally, you're the captain of the ship. What you should do is be, like, nobody touched nothing. Like, that is not natural. Do not touch that. But uh, it literally, it ends up being this crazy, you don't know if it's uh, just a sea creature we've never seen before or not, but safe to say what ends up happening is uh, it, through the secretions and all the other crazy shit that ends up happening, people end up getting infected, and then these little parasites end up jumping, like, or exploding out of this dude's eyeballs. This is like the level of like, whoa, you know, kind of a thing of this movie. Um, it's mainly an old, all Scottish cast. It was produced, uh, in, I believe it was produced in Scotland. Uh, all these just rich fucking greens and blues and everything that I fucking love. Wait a minute. What? It's an all Scottish cast shot in Scotland, yeah. but it, it's an ire. It even says in like the description an oh, Ireland it Ireland? Oh wait, no. Okay. So oh, no, cause they had a thing with, uh, with, uh, redheads in it. And I thought the Scottish had a problem with redheads, not the Irish cause the Irish are mostly redheads. Because there's like some like um, sea superstition or whatever, you know, fisherman superstition about not having a redhead on the boat. And then the microbiologist has red hair and they're freaking out. But I thought that was a Scottish thing. So how did that make you feel? Uh, you know what? I still feel OK. I feel fine. <laughs> OK. Just yeah. making sure. But uh, <laughs> it was it was kind of funny because when everything goes wrong, the old lady who's basically the harbinger. She's like the old, she's part of the family. Like she's the, the, the grandma. She's uh-huh. just like. Shouldn't have had a redhead on the crew. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so it was great. But honestly, I fucking love this movie. I'm giving it like 9 out of 10. Uh, oh, nice. It was, yeah, like literally uh, it has all of the tropiness that of like sci-fi horror films are there, and I don't care. Yeah. It's one of those things where I'm like, you know what? I haven't seen a new film come out in a while that kind of like fits what I'm feeling on this one. So this is great. I fucking love it. So... 
Um, I highly suggest it's only like an hour and a half or something, mm -hmm. but like I love when you have those movies where it's like a small crew, like like Underwater was similar, to, uh, you know, to that where there was um, some crazy creature you don't know about undersea, whatever. This one was more uh, psychological, like parasitic kind of thing than necessarily like a big creature is going to cut you in half. Yeah. But um, but yeah, they're lost out at sea, you know, with this whole deal. And I think it worked out fucking great. Like, um, I, I only knew a couple actors in it, so it wasn't like I was super attached to it and I'm watching it and I'm like, wait, 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 what? And then it just like something else happens and then something else happens. And I'm like, all right, I'm down. This is awesome. <laughs> nice. Well, shit, but, uh, man. you yeah. got anything else? Cause I'm, I'm going to be watching some more stuff tonight. Uh, yeah. and probably playing, um, a video game, maybe doing a little bit of writing. Uh, I'm getting really into uh, Cthulhu right now. I know uh, okay. what H.P. Lovecraft was a racist piece of shit. Yeah, but I still love like the old god stuff. So, um, well, I watched uh, Parasite Maxim this past week all the way through, mm -hmm. which is very Lovecraftian as far as like his, um, creatures that can morph into other things, and like it was kind of like a the thing, you know, style stuff, whatever. Yeah. Um, as far as an anime, brutal. Fucking loved it. But uh, that was what uh, it's. I've known about it since because it's been around since like 2015. But like, I never actually got to watch it all the way through. I've only saw a couple things on YouTube. Yeah. But it, currently, it is on Netflix and on Hulu. If anybody actually wants to go back and watch it, I'll go check it out. Yeah. It's just always funny when it comes down to like anime intro music, because uh, it always reminds me of this one band I used to tour with called Alisana. Because they're just like, they're just high pitched like vocals and then screamy like kind of stuff, whatever. It's like the most like hot topic screamo band ever, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. And uh, like the intro music to this one was like, are you sure this isn't Alisana? Like, this is obviously like the, whatever, you know, Japanese band that was playing over there that did the intro music was like, Alisana has to be the greatest band of all time. But. Other than that, I watched Umbrella Academy season two, and there's not much I really need to say on it other than they're they saw at the end of season one they ended up going back in time. Now they're back in time in like just before uh, Kennedy was assassinated. Yeah, and they're trying to prevent Doomsday there. So there's this whole repeat that's going on from season one where they're just trying to prevent um, Doomsday. Uh, Doomsday, but. Here's the thing that brings me back to like what we were kind of talking about earlier, but literally when you're looking into it, when it comes to all this time travel stuff, and it just keeps repeating all over the place, but there's a cause and effect. So obviously, we're watching a film or watching a TV show or something that's, you know, something's got to happen in it, mm -hmm. but I'm finding over and over and over again if literally the characters did nothing, Doomsday wouldn't happen. <laughs> because they inevitably end up being the cause and effect of Doomsday. They're like, oh my God, we're going to do all this stuff for Doomsday, you know, prevent the apocalypse. And then mm -hmm. in the end, it turns out all of their actions lead to themselves causing the apocalypse. When in all reality, if they literally just did nothing, hung out, smoked some weed, played some Red Dead Redemption, the apocalypse wouldn't happen. You're trying to say something? I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if, they, if, they took, if they took a 
page from your book. Yep. They would literally, the apocalypse wouldn't happen. So I just say we should end on that note. Everybody, let's do our part to keep the apocalypse from happening. And let's just hang out, smoke some weed, watch some movies, and play some video games. That sounds good to me, man. I think right? that's uh, I think that's my plan. Maybe get some donuts or something. Got a little <laughs> bit of a sweet tooth today. Oh no, I got cinnamon buns. Yeah, you're also wearing a Simpsons t-shirt, so the donuts make sense. Yeah. Well, I want pizza. I want donuts. So it's like, I'm. I'm. It's not even a diet that I'm doing right now. But I'm, and it's not even restrictive. It's just I want to eat all the garbage all the time, and I give myself those days. But I, I you can't, people, listeners, you can't, you can't be too hard on yourselves. Okay, you gotta be, you gotta be good to yourself. Yep. Because if you can't love yourself, how can you love anyone else? It's just uh, like Parks and Recs, you gotta treat yourself. Yeah, treat yourself. So I treat myself to a pizza almost every goddamn day. <laughs> but, uh, not, but you know, you can always stick like pizza sauce and cheese on donuts, right? Yeah, and I've done yeah. that. Believe me, yeah. I've made That's sandwiches, right. cheeseburger sandwiches out of my donuts. Damn, it's uh, uh, it's actually pretty fantastic, but. That's only one day a week that I do that. Yeah, Otherwise, that's your cheat day. well, we'll have an accident like we did last weekend where I just shit my brains <laughs> out for a solid day and I'm completely and utterly exhausted. Yeah, it sounds like uh, your cheat day is your entire caloric intake for the entire week wrapped into one day. Yeah, kind of, kind of. <laughs> All right, everyone. But, uh, thank you for listening. Um, and I do want to give a shout out uh to my other podcast real quick that is going to be coming out probably within the next month or two called After School Special, where we delve into uh, all things nostalgia when it comes to... We just uh, recorded a uh, one on um, fast food mascots, uh, just like kind of the weird ones like the Noid and uh, Mac Tonight and all these. We do like uh, deep dives on it. Yeah. Uh, and then let's see. We got one coming up that's like uh, uh, TV theme songs, but like oh. the most popular ones or the weirdest ones. We're not exactly sure how we're gonna go, but we're we're getting some in the tank. We're gonna be putting it out here soon. Uh, it's after school special, ass for short. Uh, so <laughs> get at that ass. All right. But everyone, go watch more movies. Thanks for listening. 